I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Well, talent, Doc, we've been back to school for two weeks. Yeah. How's it going? Feels like uh, we've been back for a year. <laughs> <laughs> I was also going to say, just as uh, anybody who is a teacher that's listening to this, they'll probably appreciate this. I just want to give a huge shout out uh, to whoever is working in the state government and came up with the attendance policy because uh, <laughs> it is uh, brilliant. It is basically the ultimate example of bureaucracy and how to waste people's time. You could write lesson plans and work with students or you could take attendance all day, right? For a couple hours, at least an hour. But you meeting your kids, it's going well. Everything's gone well. I mean, yeah, it's not the same, but you know what? Hey, it is what it is. I feel like now we are a we are virtual education specialists now. I don't know that we're true teachers. Doc, you have a whole TV set up, don't you? That's right. I got a TV so my kids are are larger than one centimeter by one <laughs> centimeter so I can see them. I got bad eyes to begin with, man, so I just blew them up on my big screen TV. That was smart. Nice. Well, listeners, if you have a teacher that you appreciate that that meant something to you in your life, and hey, now is the time to send them an email note and tell them you appreciate them because it, it's it's rough going right now for teachers and I'm sure for the kids as well. But it'll work out. Like you said, talent, it'll work out. It'll work out. It'll work out. You ready to start a show? Let's do it. Tom brought us beer, so we should get started. That's definitely, yes. That's how it's going to work out. <laughs> Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast, where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff, and joining us tonight is our resident marine biologist and host of his very own quiz show, Dr. Todd. Aloha. Also along for, actually, he brought the beers tonight and some stories is Sound Guy Tom. Check one, two, check one, two. And we are uh, we have kind of a uh, search out for Producer Joe. He's out and about somewhere. We don't know where he is at this point, but uh, hopefully he's well. He started a project, so who knows? Who knows what that means? That is true. Hey, we are friends who love good beer and telling stories, so we turned it into a podcast. Uh, let's let's be honest. It's an award-winning, world-renowned podcast. In fact, if Joe was here, he would tell us how many countries we are world-renowned in at this point, uh, what regions of the earth we have reached with this podcast. That's right. We're school teachers by day, beer enthusiasts by night, and we are lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego, beer mecca within a beer mecca. 72 degrees all year long the water's warm the beer's cold and we've got stories to tell so again welcome pour yourself a beer pull up a bar stool and join us yeah and of course find and follow us on social media i like beer the podcast on instagram and facebook i like beer the po one i like beer the ta one on twitter visit our website i like beer the podcast.com to learn more about us and check out our gallery of field trips and good times and you can sign up for our first newsletter yeah, we're going to do something with top 10 beers. People, a couple of listeners were asking about what our top 10 beers are. So I'm putting together something there. I figure I'll come out with something around October Festy time for, for a, our first newsletter. Perfect. So please follow, subscribe, like, comment, download, all those things that help us spread the word about our podcast. Yep. And don't forget that you can always virtually toast and drink with us on Untapped. Uh, we're very easy to find there. Just look for all of us under some form of I Like Beer, the podcast. And what's the timeline? I, I have been a little bit lazy because we got so busy with school. I did increase my beer intake in the evenings. I agree. But I've been a little bit lazy about because I haven't wanted to look at another screen. Is there a timeline for when it's acceptable to put your beer into untapped? 
Oh, I, I think within, what do you want to say, 24 hours? Like, I mean, because sometimes it could be a rough night and you might not be, you know, you can lose track <laughs> of that. You wake up the next morning and you see what they call, what are this, the graveyard. And you may go, oh, I need to put those in so I can track it. All right. You know? I'm, a, I'm a few nights, man. If you still remember it, yeah. it's, it's yeah. good enough. I'll I'm give not you sure at least I remember them hours. all, but I saw them all. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you 24 hours, at least 24 hours. All right, I might need, I might need 48 hours. All right, 48 hours. Right I got out, a little pile of if, empties over here. If it's if it's the work week, 48 hours weekend, you have a little more time. You should be able to get 24 hours on the weekend. Fair enough. I just want my credit. I want my badges. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, yeah, you should. You're putting in the work. You got to get. You got to. If you do the time, you should be getting those badges. Badges. <laughs> speaking of putting in a unique what are we drinking tonight tom well we are drinking from shadow puppet brewing up in livermore and lovely livermore we have the influencer to thank for influencing me for stopping off at this location when uh, i was picking up jake a couple weeks ago from school they have a lot of great beers up there. Uh, I know Jeff had been up there one time before, and like I said, he highly recommended this place, and now we understand why. This one is the Lush Nectar. It's a Doc favorite hazy IPA. Yeah, it's right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I figured it would be, and uh, <laughs> it's pretty tasty. Very juicy. Yes, definitely. It's got some Eldorado and Citra hops working. It, it's very much a summer hazy, I think, mm-hmm. in my mind. It's good stuff. So... But uh, I had a great conversation with the gentleman by the name of Mike up there when I picked up the beers. And it's definitely a place, if you guys or our listeners are ever in the area, definitely have to swing by and grab a couple four-packs or six-packs, growler, crowler, whatever you're fancy. Uh, there was a few other beers there, too, that uh, we picked up along the way. The Coconati uh, that I know Influencer really enjoyed. Uh, Over the Rubicon and then Kentucky Uncommon. That's actually what uh, I'm drinking because someone got into their lush nectar a couple nights ago. <laughs> oh, and that's one of the Oops. ones you probably haven't checked it. Look, hey, check the graveyard. Check your graveyard. Man. Check your graveyard. Yeah, right. So I'm right. having the Kentucky so. Uncommon Amber Ale right now. So a lot, of, a lot of great beers up there. Yeah, that's a great place, and they have a great story too. So hopefully, we'll have them on and let them tell their story instead of us telling it for them. So Shadow Puppet, we'd love to have you on the show sometime. See if that does it. Speaking of shadow puppets, my grandpa could do some great shadow puppets on the wall. <laughs> hours and hours of shadow puppets, smoking cigars. He'd smoke a big old st- cigar. I think that's the best way to do a shadow puppet to smoke yeah. a cigar. I really yeah. I think that's So he'd be smoking his big old stogie, and as the room got smokier and smokier, you know, his, his shadow puppet started smoking cigars too. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a talented <laughs> man. Talented man. Well, they must have taken after him because their logo is a shadow puppet. It's a pretty cool little yeah. logo there. It's a great logo. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tom, for thinking of us when you're up there in Livermore, God's country. Beautiful this time of year. And home of the Shelby light bulb. That was our big trip when we went to Shadow Puppet and we went and saw the longest consistently burning light bulb in world history there at the fire station. Really exciting stuff. I bet. But it was electric. And you don't have to go to Livermore to see it. It's it's live streamed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got to love a town that takes pride in their light bulb. That's right. Well, you guys have your lush nectar. I've got my Kentucky Uncommon Amber Ale. And since we all got a beer, how about toast, roast, and pour one out?
talent, you're up for our toast. Yeah, you know, it's harder and harder these days going through the news to find things to feel positive about. But I managed to dig up two stories, one local, one national, that kind of put a smile, well, smile on my face. And 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 I think these are good stories and, and they're beer related. So that's really good. So, you know, Oktoberfest is not happening uh, in most places. It was canceled in Germany. Uh, the big one in, in, in Munich this year was canceled. But uh, guess where you can celebrate uh, Oktoberfest locally? I'll tell you. I'm going to go Epic. Epic Brewing, exactly. Clayton. So, Clayton, exactly. So they are going to do Epic Oktoberfest 2020 style. And they'll be having uh, festivities at both of their venues. And they're going to have it spaced over several weeks. Um, and so first, they're going to start with Oktoberfest on the Harbor which will occur at the Epic Waterfront Beer Garden in Point Loma. Um, that'll be September 9th through 13th, and then September 17th through 20th. And then their beer, brewery and tasting room in Vista will have its festivities on Tuesday, September 22nd. There, they're going to have an Oktoberfest beer pairing dinner with a bunch of things like sauerkraut fritters and schnitzel and oh, so on. Oh, to go. And then they're going to have one more celebration uh, the weekend of October 3rd through 4th, which will also be in Vista. So tickets for those are uh, online now, uh, or they're actually on sale online now. Uh, so check out their website for more info. And yeah, get your tickets because I will bet you they probably will sell out. Let's pick a date, boys. Yeah, it's a good idea. So, nice. boy, Clayton. Yeah, I think it's it should be a lot of fun. The other one, I thought this was kind of a cool one. So we don't typically toast you know big, big breweries, but we're going to toast Bush Beer today. Last uh, or recently, end of August, uh, there was uh, National Dog Day. I don't know if you guys celebrated that or not, but National Dog Day. And so on that day, actually, that was on August 26th, uh, Bush Beer announced that they are now launching their latest beer. And their latest beer is called Dog Brew by Bush. So they launched a 12-ounce can drink that uh, doesn't have any hops or alcohol, but gives you the opportunity to kind of kick back and have a drink with your furry friend. Okay, when's the last time you guys have had a Bush beer? I can't even. Uh, I can't it's remember. It's been a while, but <laughs> yeah. uh, but. So the beer's for the dog. The beer is for the dog. It's a dog okay. brew. Oh really? Yes, and so they are available in four packs, and it says for every case, which is six four packs, they will. Uh, Bush is donating a, a dollar to Best Friends Animal Society, and uh, you'd be surprised, but uh, once they announced the first batch of dog brew, it actually sold out almost immediately, and uh, there's now a wait list. To get the next batch, Wait, so no uh, those it's really like beer to, for your, it's beer for your dog. It is beer for your dog. So if you want to drink with your dog, so if Kobe needs a <laughs> needs a, a cool one yeah. on a, on a hot Saturday, get him a Bush uh, dog beer or dog brew is what it's called by Bush, huh. and you guys we can sit around and have some beers with the dogs. <laughs> huh. I would say Dash probably needs a whole four pack. Here, here. So you know yeah. that's what I, that's what I do with my with my beers that you know go bad. You know, <laughs> I put them in the, the dog bowl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like Strange Brew. Right. Head. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll toast that. Yeah. Bush beer, epic. Yeah. Some for the big guys, some for the little guys. Some for the little guys. That's right. And how about a roast? Did you bring us a roast? All right. So I actually had one and then I saw this one yesterday and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is great because I think all of us now that are working virtual can kind of imagine this. So I'm just going to ask the question. I'm going to start this off with a question. What's the worst thing that you think that could happen to you on a Zoom call? Okay. So before you answer that, just think about that okay. in your mind. What's the worst thing? And let me tell you what the worst thing is. Wait, let me okay. think about it for a second. All right. Think about, about it. Wait, wait, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. What's the worst thing? Uh, okay. I got it. Okay. All right. It. And now let me tell you what happened. So this happened in the Philippines uh, where a local government chief is what they call them. I don't know what that 
translates to here in the U.S. But a local government Mayor. chief was was uh, having a uh, doing a Zoom call to discuss the COVID nineteen situation in the area that they lived in with other, I guess, local government chiefs. So basically, this guy uh, attempts to mute his Zoom app, Zoom app, and he thinks he switched off his video, and he didn't because uh, he can then be seen in full view of all his colleagues walking away from his computer to engage in a sex act for several minutes. I was thinking, my, no, mine was about it was very close to that. Yes, well, he, <laughs> this is not, and this is it. This was a, a solo sex act. This oh. was a sex act with his female treasurer. Oh no! So. Afterwards, uh, apparently, he buttons up his pants and nonchalantly returns back to the meeting. Um, <laughs> what and, I miss. <laughs> uh, yes. And so the video was recorded by a colleague on the call, as it always is, and uh, has since made the ra- rounds on Philippine social media. So I don't know if nice. any of you guys are big into so- Philippine social media. You may have seen this. Um, needless to say, outraged uh, residents uh, filed a petition to have them removed, and they have stepped down from their posts. But here was my favorite. <laughs> Philippines interior spokesman Jonathan Malaya said in a statement that the act was, quote, unbecoming. <laughs> that was it. So, that is probably one of the worst things. Was I, it? Yes, it was unbecoming. I don't know. So uh, that I could see that. Could you imagine being in a work call and some guy just walks over and uh, engages in some, some no. sex acts with his, tre- no. his female treasurer and then just walks back over to the meeting and goes, hey, so what are we talking about, guys? <laughs> So that's my roast. I can say I haven't seen anything that has come close to that. I've seen a couple of things that are funny, but nothing that's come close to that. Nor do I want to. Nor do you want to. That's a good roast. Yeah, let me just roast Zoom meetings all together. Yeah. I mean, they work. They're a way to get things done. But, oh, my gosh. Tired of looking at screens. So you, you guys as teachers will appreciate this. There was one I saw the other day where you see this Zoom page with all these students in it. And in the corner, you see this guy with the teacher talking and the guy's sitting there. And all of a sudden, these three guys come in with masks and they kidnap the guy in the middle <laughs> of the course. And, and then you, you look at the squares around that guy and, and the, the other students are just laughing their heads off at it. Yeah, because they probably thought it was a joke. So, well, we don't know. They didn't, they didn't follow up. So we got to dig a little deeper and follow up, see what happened. Wasn't there a newscaster a, a couple months ago that had a woman walk by in the background, but it wasn't his wife? Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's all bad recipe ideas. for disaster in so yes. many ways. Yes. <laughs> I think we better move to pour one out. I got a little pour one out, a quick one uh, for Walla Walla, Washington, just mostly because I wanted to say on air, Walla Walla, Washington. And this goes back 30 years ago. It happened recently, but it goes back 30 years ago. Uh, They were, during the COVID shutdown, they decided, let's uh, redo our library. Let's, you know, go through and and, uh, get the library all straightened out, cleaned up, you know, remodel. And they found back in the mystery section, a secret panel. And they opened up a secret panel and there's a little storage, a little hiding place storage area there where someone had a pack of Godzilla heads gum (laughs) and five of a six pack of hams. Cheers to that. Had been sitting there. Sky blue waters. And they realized that it had, when they checked the, the hams, it had been there since the 1980s. So someone had themselves a sweet little stash. They were going to the, to me, this is a dream. You got a little secret stash. You got a little quiet corner in the library. You open up your little cupboard, and there you've got your, your, I got a snack. I got a six-pack of beer. That's a great afternoon, evening, into the night. 
That's true. But yeah, they found it there. Uh, they thought about uh, trying out the beers, but as they they checked them to see how old they were, they realized they were at least thirty years old, and wow. so they took these quote unquote artifacts to a different quote unquote city facility. Uh, they threw them in the landfill. So there's your. Oh, your they pour should have tried out. them to oh. see if they would have lasted. Like dogs. But, dogs. Yeah, yeah, or the, give them to the they dogs. They should have brought that but, home to Todd's dog. Right. Yeah. Do you remember the Godzilla head's gum? No. Oh, yeah. There was a there's a pack of that, too. So someone had themselves a sweet little hiding place where they were keeping their their stash. I like to think of it that was one of the employees, but I, probably we don't know. We yeah, don't. One know. of the librarians. Talent, you have a, a poor one out as well. Yeah, I got a. I'm gonna go for the trifecta tonight and get the poor one out in here as well. So this is. Uh, I'm gonna pour one out for Criminal Masterminds. Uh, I believe that Criminal Masterminds, based on the stories that I've been reading lately, are a thing of the past. Uh, so I'm gonna pour one out for all those guys because here's here's a story of a guy who uh, attempted to rob a Circle K in Florida of all places um, this uh, past week. I like yeah. where this is going. Surprise, yeah. surprise. Um, and so surveillance video, uh, showed this guy, he, he, first of all, he walks into the circle K and he grabs a napkin from the hot dog kiosk. Then he walks up to the clerk and says, Hey, can I borrow a pen? And then he leaves the business. And, and again, police were able to see all this on the surveillance video. He then reenters the circle K and hands the clerk that napkin. And so the clerk, you know, reads the note. And just can't understand it. He's like, he comes, he's confused. He's like, I so don't. The penmanship. Yeah. What is, issue what is or this? A what, are, what, are you trying, what are you trying to do? And so actually, another clerk comes by, and uh, he shows him the, the the napkin, and the other clerk's like, we don't understand. What what the heck is this? And so the thief gets super frustrated because they can't understand his note, and he grabs the napkin and puts it in his pocket and leaves the store. <laughs> And so uh, authorities, you know, they contact authorities and say, hey, we think this guy might have been trying to rob us. So they they look at the video. And so they're able to locate the guy. And sure enough, he's got the note still in his pocket. Uh, <laughs> so they so they detain him and uh, and they asked him, you know, hey, what what was going on? He's, and his response to the deputies first was that, hey, I was the one being robbed. Uh, so that was his initial <laughs> his initial play. So my take on this and, and this criminal mastermind is imagine being arrested and going to prison for a robbery you weren't even able to commit. <laughs> so and, and I and I and I think it'll be really interesting to see how this case goes, because really the lawyer can just argue that since the note was so incomprehensible, uh, the store clerks don't even know or they didn't even know what was going on. So how can you be sure he was trying to rob the store right. in the first yeah. place? You know, basically, there's no way of concluding it was attempted robbery. So I, I thought this was a, as a, speaks a lot to the criminal masterminds of Florida. Just in general. Hey, kids, story. that's why you pay attention in class. That's you know? right. Penmanship, Penmanship counts. Pay attention. Penmanship right. counts. Yeah. Penmanship pay attention to the English teacher so you can rob a store later on. <laughs> I should have thrown it in the toast, but uh, by the time this airs, we will have had our fantasy football uh, draft, our annual fantasy football draft. Oh, that is draft. true. So, uh, should have thrown that in the toast, but maybe next time. All right. I got one. Oh, okay. Tom's got one. Okay. Uh -oh. I, I got it. We have time? And I, I know I've been on kind of a sabbatical on obituaries. <laughs> oh, goodness. But Wait, wait. But let me get another beer. This, no, no. This, I'm <laughs> short and to the point, but I, I think it yeah, needs That's what I think of when I think of your well, toast wait, and roast. Short, short, short Tom, to the point. Tom, your, your, your definition of short is, you know, your, your right. time perspective. Here we go. Let's, let's do it. Real quick. I just wanted to shout out. And toast Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther, 
guy who was fighting cancer for over four years and produced five yeah. fantastic films during that, that time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, that's, and nobody really knew that he had cancer when he's doing all this either. So hats off to him. Yeah. Cheers. A cheers man to that. gone before his time, a true talent. Cheers, cheers. 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 That was a good one. Yeah. And short, Tom. Very well done. Nicely yeah, done. Yeah, good job. Good. That really was short. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Toast, Roast, Pour One Out. Hey, we are joined tonight by friend of the show, all the way from Ohio, or maybe Kentucky, can't seem to decide, inventor, entrepreneur, Brian Gish. All right. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, you got that right. Uh, Newport, Kentucky. I just say Cincinnati to uh, to keep it easy on everybody, but it's just right across the river. Welcome, Brian. First thing we always want to ask is, uh, what are you drinking? <laughs> well, right now, uh, I have uh, Braxton Summer Trip. Uh, Braxton Brewery is the largest brewery that we have here in Northern Kentucky in the Newport area where I'm at. And then I also have with me here a Rheingeist uh, Franz Oktoberfest beer. Um, and I actually sent you guys a couple of those too, so I know you guys are enjoying them as well. So how do you guys like them so far? Talent, you have the uh, summertime, right? I have the summer trip. I, I enjoy it. It's very, very summer good. Trip. Refreshing. Yeah, it's a Berliner Weiss, a little bit of passion fruit. Um, yeah, it's a nice, light, refreshing uh, I, I actually a summer trip. I was gonna say it's a good summer beer. Like when it's hot, it's a, it's a de definitely very crushable. It's a good choice. Absolutely. I thought, you know, these are the two biggest breweries that we have here in the area. So when you guys had kind of asked like, Hey, you know, send, send us a couple beers out, out this way. Those are the first two places I thought of. Um, so you guys got some good ones there. Hopefully you like them. <laughs> Doc and I have the uh, Franz Rheingeist uh, Oktoberfest. And so talent, you're finishing up summer. You're still in summertime, but yeah, you Doc and I are, are making the move into autumn with our Oktoberfest, and and you know I love an Oktoberfest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's not too October. It's not too you know cinnamony or pumpkiny or anything like that. It's good. It's refreshing. It's pretty light too. Yeah, that's what for, I say. For the, yeah, for the style. So th it's like a perfect early September Oktoberfest beer versus as we move into the early part of October. Yeah, good, excellent choices, Brian. Thank you very much. Thanks, Brian. Hey, you guys are welcome. Hey, I, I mean, Cincinnati has a pretty big Oktoberfest. So when I saw that, I was like, this is going to be a good one to send out. <laughs> <laughs> now, Brian, we crossed each other's paths on social media, but I don't know a whole lot about you yet. What do you do out there in Kentucky, Ohio, Cincinnati, sort of? Yeah, no, I, uh, so I guess I'm an inventor right now, but, uh, I guess what I'm not inventing, what I'm doing a bachelor's degree in business administration at Northern Kentucky university right now, growing the Gish pack, which we'll eventually get to on the side. Um, and sort of just doing that. I, w I was, I have a little bit of a weird sort of background of any background in inventing or business. I actually graduated from Northern Kentucky university in exercise science was working in a physical therapy setting in a hospital while I was doing that, I was tinkering with beer inventions on the side, specifically the Gish Pack and a couple other things actually related to exercise science. And then I realized I was having way more fun inventing and making a beer carrier than working in a physical therapy setting. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to – I quit. I actually just recently during COVID, I'm like, well, there's not as much else going on. So just three months ago, I quit my job and enrolled back in school to do business administration at Northern Kentucky University. And I'm just basically going through that degree program and growing the Gish Pack and 
making it all work right now. So, hope, so I'll graduate um, actually next December because I had a lot of credits already knocked out from my uh, previous degree. So I was basically able to accelerate that and graduate by next December in business and go on from there. So, so yeah, I'm just a student and an inventor right now. That's exciting. Very cool. Before we get into some of your inventions, uh, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but tell us a little bit about the brewery scene in, in, uh, in your area of Kentucky and Cincinnati. What are some of your favorite places to go? Absolutely. Yeah. No. So uh, one of the when people come here to Cincinnati, any visitors, the first place I'll take them if they're coming from out of town is Rheingeist, which is one of the beers you guys have, the Oktoberfest one. Uh, I mentioned this before, but it's our largest brewery. And I love it because it's the atmosphere. It's uh, it's like an old factory that basically has been converted into a brewery. So it's just really tall ceilings. They have a rooftop. Um, the atmosphere is really cool. They're playing cornhole. Uh, Cincinnati Museum came in one time and set up like a uh, dinosaur skeleton, like a T-Rex type skeleton one time. I mean, they're always doing fascinating things uh, in there. It's just a really, really neat atmosphere. People have weddings there all the time. Um, I like that atmosphere. And then my favorite combo to hit in one day, I will tell you this. 50 West Brewery and Little Miami because there's a bike trail right there. So you can grab some beers at 50 West, bike four miles down the road to Little Miami Brewing, you know, get some more beers there and, you know, kind of hit up, you know, drink along your bike path or whatever like that. And it's really cool. I'm all about with my breweries, the atmosphere. That is like one of the biggest things for me. We'll touch on this a little bit later, but uh, I don't know as much about the ins and outs of the chemistry of beer and the different types of beer. But what I do really love is the atmosphere of what the place is offering. And uh, Little Miami, too, has a like you can take your kayak right on up. It's right next to the Little Miami River here. So uh, you can go on a kayaking thing, pull your kayak right up to the brewery, drink and then head back on the river. So uh, so my place is usually involved the atmosphere themselves that really get me. And so Ryan guys, 50 West and uh Little Miami are my three favorite spots to go to here. So have you guys now, I will ask, have any of you been to uh, Cincinnati and been to any of those? I have not, but now they're on my list. I'm going to, I want to kayak to Little Miami and go oh, drink there. I could just picture the doctor doing that. That seems yeah. like the doctor's yeah, kind of place. Fun. Hey, I drove through Cincinnati last summer. My daughter had a rowing event in, uh, I don't know, where were we, Indiana somewhere. No, no, and, uh, Wait, we're out of Ohio. There you go. One of those states near there. But uh, I didn't know Cincinnati was so – it was really cool. It was really green and uh, hilly and the river flowing through. It was a cool-looking town, but I just drove through it. So next time we'll stop for beer. Yeah, you'll have to. It's definitely. There's a lot to see. And you're right. It's very hilly. That's why it's like the um, – I might butcher this, but the city of Seven Hills because we have like North College Hill, Indian Hill, whatever, whatever. Like this just – you know, neighborhoods are called hill after hill. Yeah, it looked beautiful. Yeah. All right, so I, I have one other one other Cincinnati question here. So as the as our, our resident Cincinnati beer expert, what beer would you pair best with Skyline Chili? Oh gosh. <sighs> to be honest, I that's a that's a trick one. I don't even know. Um what beer would I pair best with it? I am into the summer beers right now. So this summer trip that we have with Braxton, that, that seems like a good one. I, I know good we, pair. Yeah, yeah, I would like that one. Um so it's funny, I actually I live about 500 feet from a, from a chili place here. So I'm constantly drinking it. So the, that now that you bring that up, I actually might have to get it for dinner tonight, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, this, you know, I already got the beer I mentioned. I got the Braxton summer trip and then now, uh, now that you're bringing up the chili. So yeah, it's hard for me to answer that, but I'm going to say the beer that's sitting in front of me right now. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Yeah. For, for the, our listeners that haven't been to Cincinnati and I've never been to Cincinnati, but I do know about skyline chili and I know people from Cincinnati take their chili very seriously. 
We absolutely do. Everybody has their favorites. Skyline and Gold Star are the top ones. Uh, but the little the little gem we have here in Northern Kentucky is called Dixie Chili. So if you ever get a chance, check that one out. But uh, open till 3 a.m., so it's perfect for the bars. This, you know, <laughs> you can, you, <laughs> we, uh, that's that's literally the place to go to at like 3 a.m. here in Northern Kentucky. Is if you know it's not McDonald's or whatever, you know, drive through, you're gonna be at Dixie Chili. So <laughs> here, that's called Roberto's or Alberto's or. There you go. Uh, Raul's Taco Shack in Encinitas. It's one of those places. That's where you go at 3 a.m. I bet it's the same results. It's probably the same results. Exactly. (laughs) Immediate satisfaction and a price to pay. (laughs) (laughs) You're not a rabid consumer of all things beer, but you have come up with an invention to help those of us who are. So, Brian, tell us a little bit about the Gish Pack. Absolutely. So it's basically the a portable pocket-sized beer carrier for going into mix and match and create your own sections at store, uh, along with what you can use personally if you're just going from party to party. Uh, the one thing the product has is that it's the first beer carrier that can hold both cans and bottles, can be reused over and over again, and will fit in your pocket. And when we were striving to create this, we wanted to hit those three things. Um, the, the reason it came about was because I was going to different parties and I was seeing people who were coming from the liquor stores or from a brewery and they would have the cardboard carriers and they'd have the pack techs, the little plastic things that pop on the top of the cans. And I would, and if they had beer at home, they were just bringing a plastic bag. And as I'm sitting here watching, you know, I'm an observer of times and trying to always solve problems. And so I would notice that we would drink these beers and then we would get an Uber or a Lyft. And as we're going to the bars, everyone was just throwing their cardboard carriers away and or the pack techs or just leaving them at the party because they didn't want to like put the pack tech in their pocket to go to the beer. So I'm sitting here watching this thinking like, how's the industry not realize that when people want to carry four or five, six beers, that they shouldn't just be using something they're going to throw away every time or leave somewhere because they want to take it with them. So I set out again to design something that I knew if I could create something that carried both cans and bottles, fit in your pocket and could be reused for years, I would have something. And so I basically um, set about to prototype it. This story goes back about four years ago when I first came up with the idea. And I approached an industrial designer and I said, here's my idea. I created something with wood in my garage, took it to the industrial designer and said, can you help create the CADs, the computer-aided designs that we can then send off to a manufacturer to get quoted? So we went through, he, he would create the CADs. We would print those parts with rapid prototype. We would assemble the pieces and then we'd have a prototype and we just did that. And as we played with the prototypes, we'd be like, oh, we like this. We don't like this. And then whatever we wanted to change, we would change the, the CAD files, reprint the parts and do it again. We did that 17 times. So so wow. 17 prototypes. Yeah, we did 17 prototypes and they each cost about between labor and parts, about 300 bucks to do. I don't know what that comes out to math wise, but, you know, several thousand dollars money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, prototyping this thing. And uh, once I had the CAD files done in the prototype, we, we sent that. There was a company here that my industrial designer worked with um, that does manufacturing overseas. So um, he was able to get a quote and we were able to figure out how much it was going to cost us to make it. And we had that. We were off and running. We, we knew you know what the cost was going to be to make them. And we had tested the prototype and different things like that with people. So we were just off. So yeah, it was all about waiting for the manufacturing to come in and creating a website and getting it going. And we just launched in uh, January 
Uh, it took 10 months to manufacture. <laughs> so oh, wow. yeah, you, you think you're like, oh, we finished the prototype. We're going to be on the market in a couple months. And, uh, and then you realize it takes, we were originally quoted and, and I don't know for anyone else who's been through manufacturing before, just, this might be a normal story. We originally quoted four months for the manufacturing and it took 10. So it was, it was behind schedule from almost the beginning. <laughs> so, you know, that's probably a lot of things when you're trying to make a new product and bring it to market. But yeah, so we just got the product. We launched it in January. And then as everybody knows, COVID hit. So it was like, uh-oh, now our whole marketing strategy needs to change. And so I had a whole plan to go to all these breweries here in Cincinnati. I want to say within the greater Cincinnati region, we have about 60 breweries, 60 microbreweries or whatever. And I was going to make a plan to approach and do like promotional events at all of them. And I had a couple of them lined up to do, and I was just going to work my way through them. And then COVID hit and it was like our whole marketing strategy had to go from in person here in Cincinnati. Um, Cause I guess what I will say is that up to this point, I'm the only founder sort of ownership in, into the product. The industrial designer I worked with was, was contract independent contractor. Um, so he doesn't own any equity into the product, but so, so it's just me. And so I didn't have a huge budget to go around and, um, you know, distribute this to a bunch of different people. So, uh, I just decided to, I was going to start with promoting it here in Cincinnati. And then when COVID hit, I realized I had to move online. So I think that's why when I say I moved online, you guys stumbled, you know, we kind of connected through, I think it was Instagram. Um, it was very, very cool how it's, you know, gone from an idea four years ago to, uh, to what it is, you know, right now and, and just trying to grow the product. That's great. Nice. I'm, imp- I'm impressed with anyone who has an idea and they just go for it. I've had a lot of ideas. I keep telling my wife, oh yeah, this would be awesome. And then it, it, I never act on it. So you acted on it. So good job. Well, you have a lot of bidet time to come yeah, up with ideas. Yeah, true. So, hey, so uh, have you ever thought of going on Shark Tank with your uh, gish pack? Oh, my gosh. I got a story for you guys. Okay, so, <laughs> so this is great. Um, so, yeah, I applied for um, – let me say this. So Shark Tank goes around the country at different times. Currently, they're not, obviously, with COVID. But past summer in July, the casting associates stopped here in Cincinnati at, believe it or not, Rheingeist, the, the beer nice. that we're drinking here. Right. Yeah. So they stopped at that brewery, um, and because just of how huge they are, there was enough room for everybody. I got to pitch. I basically signed up online and there was probably about 250 people that went to pitch their product to these casting associates wow. there. And, and people I was talking to in the waiting area, some had come from like Indianapolis, Columbus, different areas like that. No one I talked to came from anywhere crazy, crazy, but just the regions around Cincinnati. And uh, what you do is um, you get about three minutes to walk into This was just my one experience in Cincinnati. I don't know if this works in every other city and, and they may have changed things since the last summer, but um, I got to walk into a room with one person from Shark Tank and pitch to them for approximately three minutes. And then I had to leave my a sample, my prototype and my contact information. And when you leave that room, the lady told me, she says, if you hear from us within a week, you've been moved to the second round, which is we'll need you to fill out an application and send your prototype out to L.A. And if you don't hear from us within a week, you know, you haven't been moved to the next round. So the next day I get a phone call and an email where they move me to the second round and they give me this whole list of stuff that I have to do and send out this particular person in LA. And one of them is a five to 10 minute video. So what I thought about is I got to impress these people. So I immediately print off the letter from them and I go in Newport, Kentucky, right across the river from Cincinnati. We have a huge, we, we have a pretty decent sized aquarium. Um, and you know, the sharks there about eight, nine, 10 feet or something like maybe like eight, nine feet or something like that, the bigger ones. And so I immediately went down there, went up, went inside, asked for like a manager and said, Hey, listen, I just got moved to the second round of shark tank. Here's my letter. Um, will you let me don a wetsuit and jump in the shark tank so I can prove it? Nice. 
the sharks. <laughs> and uh, they, they immediately like kind of laughed in a way, like not too outwardly, but they were just kind of smiling. And they're like, well, um, I don't think you're going to get into the big tank, but you know what? There's a smaller one over here that has like two foot sharks. <laughs> and, and let, us, let us walk you over to that one real quick. And so they walked me over to this little petting spot that had like two foot sharks in it and uh they were like and the guy i talked to said okay listen he's like i need he's like i would let you get in this and touch the sharks for your video but he's like i need two levels of approval above me to pass that off just because of liability etc so he calls him back the next day and says listen i got the guy above me to sign off on it but the guy above him turned it down <laughs> so oh. i was like, kidding me so then what i did was and i mean i still need something cool for my video I then uh, booked a ticket to go skydiving the next day. So I was like, well, if I can't get in a shark tank, I'll go skydiving with it. So I went skydiving. Again, kind of had my letter there to show the people like, hey, man, I really, you know, I, I need you guys to do this. I actually booked the skydiving and went, uh, I drove about 45 minutes from Cincinnati to Middletown, Ohio, which is where the sky. Uh, the skydiving places, not even knowing if they let if they would let me jump out with this thing in my pocket. I just made a I just made a guess. I was like, you know what? If I show up with a letter and I show up with this thing in my pocket, these guys are going to be cool. With I mean, we're jumping from ten thousand feet, so if this thing falls out of my pocket and hits somebody, like we're going to have a problem. <laughs> so it's like so. Anyways, I basically get up there, tell them my story, and they're like, you know what? We're going to let you do this. So uh, so I jumped out. Um, I had another guy jump out and uh, film it while I was attached to the tandem instructor that I was with. And uh, as we're fought, you know, after the as the parachute opens or whatever, there was some footage of me like holding it there at like five thousand feet, and then I put it back in my pocket. And when we land, as we kind of, if you guys have ever been skydiving, at least in this particular case, they have you slide on your butt when you land. So like I come in, like we slide on in or whatever like that, and I pull this gish pack out of my pocket that was there, and I have like a little line. I say it's like drink and have fun, pocket when done. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And so I, I put that in like a little clip in my Shark Tank video and sent it off. And I'm like, you know, now we'll, I have to add a little disclaimer here about like my, my manufacturing and, and my conflict with trying to get up with all this is I placed the manufacturing order in March of 2019 and I really quickly realized we were behind schedule and wasn't going to show up until January of 2020. So this was in July. I did this back in July. So I ordered the manufacturing in, in March. This is in uh, July. And Shark Tanks, I'm, I'm basically, just to kind of summarize this, I'm pitching, I'm making a video to pitch to Shark Tank. And even though it was cool as hell, me jumping out of a plane, in my video, I essentially have to admit, uh, but my product's not going to be ready until January. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it didn't it didn't help that I had a sweet little like clip in my video, but then I had to admit that like, hey, if you put me on the show in the fall, I won't be ready to sell any or something like that. <laughs> so it's like, so what I wanted to do though, is I didn't end up making it past that round, I guess for obvious reasons. But I love the fact that I was able to use that experience to make my next attempt at getting on the show even better, which would have been this July. I was going to wait a year. But obviously, with COVID, they didn't do it and things have changed. So so my second pitch was going to be this July and I, I haven't pitched again. So I'll see what happens. I'm going to do it again when things look like they're heading in the right direction. But that was my uh, Shark Tank experience. Nice. <laughs> so. OK, so, Brian. I've got one of your gish packs, but our thousands of listeners, after hearing the story, they're going to want one. So how do they get one? Absolutely. Uh, currently, the only place we're doing them, we're selling them right now is uh, our website, uh, www.gishpack.com. And gishpack is G-I-S-H-P-A-K. So you can go to gishpack.com. That's the only place you can currently buy them. Uh, and then on with social media, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, both um, at Gishpack. 
where, you know, I'm looking to expand, um, trying to get in different areas. Um, there's a couple breweries that have reached out to me to, um, to buy some. So I do have the ability to brand them with different logos. So um, there's a company up in New York that purchased some, uh, haven't shipped them out to them yet, but um, they, they ordered a hundred of them with their logo on it. And uh, they plan on selling them right in the retail section next to their t-shirts and growlers and koozies and different things like that. Uh, so I do. And then one of them, I do have another one here in Cincinnati. Again, we're working on the order for that right now, but, uh, but that'll be sim- similar situation. We're going to put their logo on it and uh, sell it in retail um, at that place. So yeah, you can, you can only currently find it at, at gishpack.com, but hopefully you'll find it at a brewery near you. <laughs> soon to be at a brewery near you. Yeah. Right. So, hey, I, I have a question on back on your your Shark Tank. Did you get your uh, Did you get your prototype back? Those are three hundred bucks a pop, man. Those aren't cheap. Did they get you your prototype uh, back? No, I did not. Oh man. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was one of the things that they say in there is do not expect anything you send back. It, what you uh, send out will not come back to you. So you know. So so um, one of them on Shark Tank is using a gish pack somewhere. You know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the greatest thing. I don't know how to get them, but I love this thing. <laughs> Probably Mark Cuban. Probably Mark. Yeah, Cuban. I think Mark Cuban's got thing. I love this thing, but I don't know how to get it. <laughs> now he does. Now he does. Yes. Oh, that is great. You got to come out to San Diego. We got a ton of breweries out here. Yeah. We'll, we'll buy you a couple pints and introduce you to some people. Yeah. Hey, that sounds good to me. But the weather's a little nicer out there too, so I wouldn't mind making a stop out there, getting some beer, and and checking out what you guys have. No, that sounds awesome. We want to know what other inventions you have up your sleeve. Oh, nice. Yeah, actually, okay. So to go right along with that, um, it's yeah, the six pack version is sort of the next, you know, iteration, if you will, not a whole new invention, but that's the next iteration. Um, probably come out in 2021 with manufacturing and just everything going on right now with COVID. It's been really tough to put a timeline on that, but it'll definitely be like, you know, 2021. Uh, as far as random inventions, so you guys will like this. I came out with it. I did exercise science previously. Uh, like I said, I was working in a physical therapy setting. So one of my first ideas I actually came up with was a uh, portable like exercise piece of equipment. I basically thought about, okay, like if people are exercising in their living room, they want to be able to do pull-ups, dips, you know, use resistance bands, but not just have to stand on them. You know, you can use different angles, et cetera, right? So I designed this box, like a suitcase that basically unfolds and it becomes a platform you stand on that allows you to do all these things. I mean, it was kind of complicated. I mean, it was easy for the consumer, but to make it was so much more complicated than the gish pack. And I take it to the same industrial designer I worked with the gish pack on and I, I pitched both ideas to him basically. And I said, Hey, listen, I got this fitness carrier and I got this little tiny four ounce beer carrier. And he goes, yeah, you're going to want to start with the beer carrier. He's like, <laughs> he's like the cost on that, that the cost on that uh, exercise machine is going to be about 25 times X on what, uh, on what that beer carrier is. So he's like, why don't you go to market with the beer carrier, bring a little revenue and then use that money to do your, uh, your fitness one. So, so I do have other inventions I'm, I have in the books, um, the, the fitness carrier being one of them. Um, but yeah, so there's a couple other ones. We can come up with some things we have. We got some ideas, right? We can give yeah, them some beer-related invention ideas. Yeah, I got a couple ideas for you. So, I mean, and I'm not even going to charge you for these ideas, but uh, <laughs> we just want them to happen. I didn't sign an NDA, right? <laughs> the first one I thought about was that you create like a Fitbit-style bracelet that basically charts your beer drinking. Uh-huh. So it's gonna it's gonna know what how much you're drinking, but it also also as you're drinking it, it checks your your blood alcohol content and it's gonna beep at you when you're gonna get too high. So it's like call an Uber now or you know or hey you can stop right now and you're still good. It also tells you you know how much hey you can have more. You've been exercising recently, so you can have this many beers tonight. <laughs> I think it's you merge that technology and it could be brilliant. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm going to invent that, Jeff. And I'm just going to say, yeah, you can have six more beers. That's yeah. my, no. Well, and I, I think it's one of those <laughs> things that you, you have to put in your, you know, your different, what do you want to get, statistics. So larger people can drink more beer, obviously. So for, you know, if, if, if you're, you know, one of those little really skinny people, probably can't drink as much beer as, as some of our uh, us, uh, stockier people. Doc is the exception to the rule on that one. Hey, I'm skinny. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's one. Uh, the second one is is crowlers. Okay, so here's my issue with the crowlers. You go buy a crowler, which everybody has them right now, and maybe you, you don't want to drink the whole crowler. So you need to be able to reseal it so you can have some the next day. And right now, there's no way to reseal your crowler. So I, I think a resealable crowler or something yeah, like that would be, a, that'd be a good one. And then, and then the last one, and this is really kind of a play on uh, Coors started this because they had that can that turned blue when it was when it reaches this optimal temperature to to drink. But I think you need to create a can that kind of regulates the temperature of the beer so that it's served at an op- optimum temperature mm. for the style. Because some temperatures need to be a little warmer, and some temperatures need to be colder, obviously. And uh, a, a can that regulates that, and you I can like just that. do the whole col- yeah the whole color thing, That's you know, that would be good. So th- those could be, you know, I- I'm just going to give those to you. I'm going to throw them out there. I hope to see him in about I, I've got 10 a couple months. too. Yeah, in about 10 months. And I, I think Jeff's got a few. I got one. I got eyeglasses with a level built in. So when you get up off the bar stool and you've got to make your way <laughs> out or <laughs> to the restroom, whatever, the, the eyeglasses already have a level so you can kind of keep your tilt right. That, right? That's good. Yeah. So that's that, like that, pre Fitbit, like that to yeah, yeah, blood yeah. alcohol content. If you can, <laughs> right. has, you can keep yourself level, you're good to go still. <laughs> and it just has arrows pointing to the bathroom, like right, right, left. That, that, that would be the upgrade. Yeah. Right, right. Hey, uh, I, I like these. These aren't bad. These are way better than one of my other beer ideas, which was not pizza, bad. Not bad. Pizza flavored beer. Yeah. <laughs> Here's one. Now, I don't know if this can be done because. Yeah. Between uh, Tom and, and Todd and Jeff and I, we have been to an awful lot of breweries, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of breweries, and I haven't seen it, but maybe it's something with what you have the know-how, you can figure it out, get a team together of engineers, comfortable bar stools at a microbrewery. Yeah, that's very true, actually. That's a good call. Good, good luck finding one. Yeah. It's an invention that needs to happen, apparently. No. No, they exist outside of microbreweries. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I guess they really don't pay attention too much. But... Cheap-ass metal ones that every brewery has that are so uncomfortable. I don't know if uninvent is a thing. I got an uninvention. Someone should uninvent the flip-flop with a bottle opener on the bottom <laughs> because anybody that's ever been in men's room... No. Yeah, it's no, a great uh, idea to you actually see and practice where you walk around. And I, I agree with you. When I, I bought those the first time I saw them way back when, and, <laughs> and I never use it because then I, oh, wait, I've been walking around and all this stuff, yeah. and I'm going to use that to open up my beer. Ooh. I don't know you know, sometimes that. people take things too far with their with their inventions. I remember, like, like you know, this, this one I was there pitching this gish pack, you know, different places, and people would come up and always recommend, hey, you know, add a add a bottle opener to it, you know, add this to it, and like you know, one guy was like, hey, you know, you should put like a, a battery pack on it so I can charge my phone at the bar with it too, and I'm like, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, if you if once you add a bunch of these things like craziness like that, the product then sells for like, you know, you have to charge an exorbitant amount of money for this thing, and it's, it's funny the ideas people will come up with to like you know add on to the gish pack that you have to sit back and be like okay what's the cost benefit analysis of of it being able to charge your phone versus you know do you just need it to carry beer so this is what you go through well that's very cool so i'm i'm excited i can't wait to see the beer bit you let us know when the beer bits in prototype stuff out for you too yeah yeah you, you let us know perfect i'll give you guys a little tidbit too on uh when you know coming up with an invention 
uh, it, was, it was a process I took about was, um, you know, when I got the Gishpat quoted for patent work, I, I reached out to 10 different patent attorneys here in Cincinnati, and I was told it would be six to $12,000 oh, uh, range yeah, yeah to, to patent the Gishpat. So um, I didn't have that kind of money. So at the time, and I was just like, you know what, what I'm going to do is find a way to sort of extend my intellectual property rights before I, to figure out what I'm actually going to do. So there's a thing called a provisional patent application. So if you have an idea for an invention – and you have something that, you know, uh, the way it functions, the novelty in the way it functions, not just the way it looks, but the way it functions, so a utility, then what you can file is called a provisional patent application, which in that provisional, basically there's only three parts to it. You have a cover sheet that basically just put your name and whatever you think you want a, a title and category of the invention. The second part is you basically have the CAD files that you would use to, you know, the computer-aided designs to create the product. You put that in there, those designs, just PDFs or JPEGs. And then you have uh, the third part, which is you describe the product that you just showed pictures of. So if you have those three things, you don't have to know anything really about too much patent law. Um, you can, for $70 with the United States Patent and Trademark Clinic, you can go on their website, upload those three forms, and you will get a filing date and a filing number with them. And what essentially that does is allows you to have 12 extra months to figure out how you want to patent your invention. And as long as you file the regular patent, the expensive one, before 12 months is up, then you can uh, do the, um, the filing date of your provisional, which is the most important thing. So, so my story with that is that I filed this provisional on my own. I, I read two, I got two books off Amazon and I paid like a hundred bucks to take an online class, file my own provisional patent application. And I knew I had 12 months now to figure out what the heck I was going to do with the Gish pack instead of having to pay six or 12,000 now. And what I ended up doing was reaching out um, someone from one of those 10 patent attorneys I mentioned earlier happened to be from uh, Cincinnati's law school. So they have a at University of Cincinnati's law school is the patent and trademark clinic. And I, they basically connected with me and said, hey, what we're going to do is we have a local patent attorney here that wants to volunteer to help local entrepreneurs do patents. So what we're going to do is we're going to take his volunteer patent attorney, this volunteer patent attorney, partner him with one of our law students who wants to learn. And together, those two will draft your patent application. And instead of six to $12,000, we'll do it for free. And so, um, so basically, you know, having done the provisional and sort of bought myself some time, I had time to figure that part of it out and reach out to them and make that happen. So, so yeah, it, I guess, long story short, if you have an idea, instead of, you know, feeling scared to approach people, as, as long as you can get some computer images of what you're thinking, you can go on the USPTO, the USPTO website for 70 bucks, file it, and then go to other people and say, hey, I have 12 months now. I'm, I have a filing date. Help me design this. So, so it'll give you a little bit. So, so if you have any of these other cool ideas, that'll, uh, that'll help you guys out uh, to taking them to market. So Sweet. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Brian. Hey, when we head out to Ohio or Kentucky, we're going to look you up. And when you head out to the West Coast of San Diego, you look us up. Nah, that sounds great. Nice to have a beer in person. Absolutely. And people can check out www.gishpackpak.com to get themselves a Gishpack. Six-pack version is on its way. Good for the environment. Yes. We don't know exactly when. I mean, COVID's got us really behind schedule. I mean, you know, we were doing, you know, we thought the main manufacturing would be four months and it turned into 10. So with COVID, who knows what the heck's going to happen. <laughs> but, uh, He's clearly the inventor, not the marketing guy. The six-pack <laughs> version coming soon? Soon. Coming soon. <laughs> coming soon. There we go. Thanks for joining us, Brian Gish and the Gish Pack. And thanks for sharing your beer. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. This was fun. See you, Brian.
Very nice meeting you. Enjoy those beers. Nice meeting you. Thanks. Cheers. Yeah, I want to give a quick shout out to this uh, Kentucky Uncommon Amber Ale. You know, amber ales aren't usually in my wheelhouse because of that caramelly sweetness. This one doesn't have any of that caramel. It, has a, it does have a tinge of sweetness. You can tell they make it with corn and rye. They say they use a pre-prohibition ale recipe. That's where they get the name Kentucky Common. And it has a bit of a peppery finish. Maybe that's from the rye on it that that I really like. It's a, it's a great beer. It's very much an autumn, uh, October festy type beer. Probably should get that in. Well, I finished mine, so I've actually switched over now. I'm drinking a... I, I didn't get a second uh, Shadow Puppet one. I got two Lush Nectars uh, delivered to me. So I have one in the, in the fridge. But I decided to drink a Modern Times Mai Tai edition because this thing's been calling to me for a couple nights. Oh, and... I've been hearing so much about those. I still haven't had one. Oh, it's so good. It, it is such a good, tasty beer. So I, I, I went with that instead. They make some good beers at Modern Times. Modern Times make some great beers. Yeah. They get crazy. Yeah. They're risk takers. They are definitely risk takers in a good way, too, because you most of the time they are. Well, I don't know. Maybe they don't succeed a bunch of times. We just don't see those. But the ones that they put out are are, are so good. And I know the normal Fruitlands is really good. But I this Mai Tai edition is and actually I think Beer Night in San Diego. Those are the guys that recommended it to me. And, and it's spot yeah, on. They did. I, I've looked for it a few times. I've seen Fruitlands around quite yeah, a bit. But I, I don't know if it's, it might have been just a seasonal one. I don't know. And because I looked the last time I was at Bevmo and that's actually where I found it. And I it was gone. So I don't know. So. All right, fingers crossed that we'll run across one. Tom, did you want to try another shadow puppet? I'm with you there. I got the over the Rubicon, the blonde ale. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that's a that's a good. You brought me a four pack of that. That is a delicious beer. It reminded me of uh, Culver's Mad Neighbor. There you go. That's uh, that's a good. One. Yeah, it, I do have the. You did bring me a cream ale from uh from Shadow Puppet, so I'm excited about trying that. I haven't tried that one yet. But that over the Rubicon, that that's a delicious Blondale. That's a really, it's got a, like a medium body to it. That's a tasty beer. They're doing good things over there at Shadow Puppet. Yes, they are. Too bad they're not closer. I didn't check to see if they're shipping. They do. Because you were already going there. Yes, I was. <laughs> so saved on that. But yes, they do ship. Okay. So. All right. That's good to know. That is good to know. Hey, Doc. Hey. Did you put something together for us? Oh, thought I did it. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Beer or Not a Beer, the hoppiest game show in podcast land. I'm your host, Dr. Todd. For those beer or not a beer first timers, here's how this game is going to work. I'm going to name four beers. Got it? Four beers. Three are real. One is not real. This one I thought of while watching some NBA playoffs. Tonight's <laughs> theme is hoops. So here we go. I'm going to name four beers. You choose the one that is not a real beer. Are we ready? I'm ready. We ready. Here we go. These are all basketball-themed beers. The first one is Alley Oops, a <laughs> blonde ale. Alley Oops, got that. That's beer number one. Beer number two is Baller Stout. Baller Stout. I've been my son and I've been loving watching NBA hoops, NBA playoffs. Been some good games. We've got Alley Oops, Baller Stout. Beer number three is 99 problems, but hops ain't one. <laughs> <laughs> 99 problems, but hops ain't one. 
It's a double IPA. And the last one, you guys, everyone likes watching slam dunks. Beer number four is Jam Session. Jam Session. One more time, people out there in podcast land, we have Alley Oops, Baller Stout, 99 Problems, but Hops ain't one, and Jam Session. All right, here we go. Ready? Producer Tom, which one is not a real beer? What kind of beer is Jam Session? Jam Session is a pale ale. Does that help you? Nope. (laughs) Session IPA. Yeah. It's a Jam Session. I'm going to go with Alley Oops. Alley Oops. All right. Influencer Jeff. Jam Session really sounds like something I've had, so I'm going Baller Stout. Baller Stout and Talent, which is not a beer. Well, oh, wow, that's a good one because I would have, I, I almost would believe that Jam Session would be more if it was a Session Ale, but I, I can see Jam Session seems like a normal. I'm, I'm going to go Alley Oops Blonde Ale. Alley Oops. Ready? Jam Session is a pale ale. Yeah, all right. Who makes that? That makes, it's by Noda Brewing in Charlotte. Okay. So, all right. So, listeners, you guys choose your beer that's not a beer. And 99 Problems, but Hops Ain't One. That's a double IPA from. It's a great Te- name. Cuesta Brewing. I don't really know where Tequesta Brewing is. All right. I'm just happy it's a beer. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a long name to put on a can. Right. It's all right, though. And uh, Baller Stout is a Russian Imperial Stout from Three Floyds Brewing. The beer. Did you choose it, people? That is not a real beer. The one that I made up while watching NBA Hoops is Alley Oops, a blonde (laughs) ale. There we go. Good job. My my favorite basketball-themed beer is Frozen Envelope by Hen House. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Great story. Great story. (laughs) But those are excellent. Great job, Dr. Todd. This has been Beer or Not a Beer. Join us next time for some good old-fashioned fun. (laughs) What's the saying? Day late, dollar short. Not only did I forget the fantasy football toast, but I forgot to ask Talon about an update on Electra and Violet. Yeah, you know, I, I actually, it was really funny because I put that one aside when I saw the beer stuff. I couldn't find anything on them, but I found another penguin in uh, in Australia or whatever that got rescued. He has to be in rehab for a little while. And uh, so they started showing him penguin uh, cartoons and other shows, and he loves it. He loves watching penguins on the TV <laughs> no. and everything else. That was going to be my toast, but I ended up going with the beer stories ever. So, you know, I'm pretty much tapped into most penguin news. You are. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty into the penguin stuff. Yeah. All right, good. Well, we got. I thought we you got... said they, they were showing them penguin porn. No, they didn't get that. It's it's. This was a juvenile, Todd. This was a juvenile. That would be inappropriate. Ease him into the... it. Ease yes, him give, into give it. him a couple years, and then yeah, I'm sure they'll go That's that route. Right thing. now, it was more penguin cartoons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was young. It's a young penguin. Well, we want to thank the doctor for beer or not a beer. We want to thank Tom for sharing some beers with us, and of course, we want to thank Brian Gish for joining us and and sending us some beers from Kentucky, Ohio. Right. I just ordered my Gish Pack. So everybody order one. Get on. What is it? Was it www.gishpack.com? Save the environment. It's a brilliant thing. Mm-hmm. We want to thank Shadow Puppet for the excellent beers, Rheingeist, Braxton. And we had a shout out to Modern Times there as well. Thank you, listeners. Make some more Mai Tai edition. Maybe do a winter Mai Tai edition. We can all use more Mai Tais in the wintertime. <laughs> hey, I just want to thank you all for, uh, you know, 
letting you know I see you. I see you. And thanks for being my friends. <laughs> like I said, we've had a rough couple toast, of weeks. I'll cheers to you. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, I'd like to toast you, teachers. Thanks for persevering and making it happen. Uh, we don't mean to whine. We're just, it's just a, uh, we love the kids. We love being in the class. We love uh, what we do. And this is a, a whole new way of going about it. <laughs> and we'll figure it out. But I whine every year at this time because summer vacation is so great. And it really doesn't matter which way we start back. It is roughly. Hey, this was back. the first time I was nervous about the first day of school in oh, 27 I agree. years. I, I was actually as well. I was so nervous. I, the computer wasn't going to work. The internet was going to drop. Whatever, right. all You name it, it wasn't going to happen. And uh, some of it happened, but it's, you know, it's all manageable. Kids are awesome. That's all I'm going to say. Our kids are awesome. So kids are great. They shouldn't be listening to this, but they're awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> listeners, think of that teacher that you appreciate. Send them an email. They could really use the boost. We'd love to keep talking. Right now, we got to run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. All we need is a 10 and a 5 or a car and a key and a sober driver. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run.